Welcome to the Canon Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Tim Emmett, the lead pastor at Canon, and I hope that this message will help you take your next step with Jesus as he leads us from death to life, from sorrow to joy, from the world as it is to the world as it will be. Thanks for joining us. She called it Monster. That was her nickname for it, Backpack. Her oversized, uh, overpacked, unbearably heavy backpack. As some of you may remember from Ash Wednesday, in her book, Wild, Cheryl Strayed tells the story of her thousand-mile hike on the PCT, the Pacific Coast Trail, through California and Oregon to the border of the state of Washington. She made that hike, that thousand-mile journey in the summer of 1995, a hike that she undertook despite tremendous risk. It really was and would still be risky for a woman to hike that distance on that trail by herself. That's one of the reasons why that hike was so risky. She was, in her own words, the only girl in the woods. She was the only solo woman attempting that hike in the summer of 1995 without the benefit of a functioning cell phone. This is really too early in the formation of the cellular network for the trail to be covered. And even if it was, she didn't have a cell phone. And so she was really isolated in the woods on the trail for a thousand miles. It was risky for that reason, but also because she was, as I mentioned on Ash Wednesday, a not a newbie when it came to hiking. She had never hiked the Pacific Coast Trail before. She had never hiked any trail before. She had never spent uh, the night in the, a night in the woods in a tent before. She had no relevant experience, and yet there she was on the Pacific Coast Trail getting ready to hike for a uh, hundred days, a thousand miles in a hundred days. As a newbie, the first challenge she faced was that backpack, which she came to call Monster. Because in the morning of her first day on the trail, as she gathered her things in the hotel room where she had stayed overnight near a trailhead, she got out her backpack and everything she had purchased for that backpack over the many months preceding this day, the day she had long been waiting for. She laid all of her supplies, the clothing, the food-related items, the safety-related items, the tent and the, and, um, the bedding and everything she had purchased She laid them all out, and then she packed up her backpack. She was ready to go, but when she tried to lift her pack, it would not budge. It was too heavy. As she wrote in her book, I'd simply thought that if I added up all the things I needed in order to go backpacking, it would equal a weight that I could carry. It did not. And she struggled under the weight of that pack, under the weight of monster, for days and for weeks. Eventually, however, she did uh, meet a man who helped her lighten her load. His name was Albert. He was a friend she had met along the way. He was a veteran backpacker. And he said to her one day in camp, it really looks like you need to lighten your load. And so he had her pull everything out of her pack, and he went through everything she had packed in in Monster, piece by piece, and he made two piles. He actually needed, and things she did not. Like Cheryl Strayed, we are on a journey. Uh, We're on a journey in the season of Lent. We are walking with Jesus from Galilee to Jerusalem. Many of us are also on a journey with Jesus through the Gospel of Luke. And at the beginning of this passage, we heard of a crowd that was walking with Jesus, large crowds traveling with him on that road as we are. Of course, they were physically 
walking, physically journeying with Jesus from Galilee to Jerusalem. But we are, as followers of Jesus, or people perhaps who are considering that life, considering the life of a disciple, we are or are thinking about being on a journey with Jesus. I mean, Jesus, earlier in the gospel, has said, if anyone wants to come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And those who are Christian have said yes to that invitation. We're on a journey, uh, metaphorically, from Galilee to Jerusalem, but in a deeper sense, we're on a journey with Jesus. All Christians are on a journey with Jesus through the world as it is, toward the world as it will be. When his, Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem at the beginning of this journey in, from Galilee to Jerusalem, when he set his face to Jerusalem, Luke tells us that he is about to accomplish an exodus, a deliverance of the world from sin and death. And that is that journey from the world, through the world as it is, toward the world as it will be. Like Cheryl Strayed, we are on a journey. Hers was a really a pilgrimage. It was a physical journey with spiritual intent. She writes in the book, and I shared on Nash Wednesday, that she wanted to hike the PCT because really her life had become uh, unlivable, and she knew that she needed deep change in her life, and she hoped that somehow, by embarking on this ambitious and risky hike, she would rediscover herself, discover the woman she still could be, and also rediscover the girl she had been. Like Cheryl Strayed, we're on a journey, and like Cheryl Strayed, we must learn to travel light in our passage this morning. Jesus is challenging those crowds with him on the journey, and he's really doing for them what Albert did for Cheryl Strayed. He's creating two piles, things we need and things we don't. The problem for us, the challenge for us, is that these words of Jesus are so harsh and hard into our ears, they feel, and they feel simply wrong. Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. In other words, it sounds like Jesus puts family and life and possessions in the don't need pile and the cross alone in the pile of things which we actually need on this journey with Jesus. Is it safe to assume that everyone in here and everyone online finds it really troubling and confusing to hear Jesus, of all people, say, whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. What about honoring your father and your mother? That's in the Torah of God, and Jesus said he came to fulfill the Torah, not abolish it. How can we hate sisters and brothers, wife and children, and follow Jesus? Jesus said that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. Certainly that includes our family. This is one of those moments when it's helpful to remember, as many of you have heard me say before, that the Bible was written for us, but not to us. That's a super important distinction. If you've never heard it before, I hope that you will remember it. The Bible was written for us. It is for us and for our salvation, but not to us, which is simply to say we are not the original audience. We're not the first hearers and readers of the gospel. The Bible is an ancient book written through human authors, ancient authors, to ancient people. 
And for Jesus' first century Jewish audience, those words would have made sense in a way that they don't for us because the Bible was written for us, but not directly to us. What it's helpful to know is that for first century Jews, there seemed to be a, just sort of a frame of mind, a way of approaching the world that framed everything in sort of stark dualities, light and dark, love and hate. For any first century Jew, if they wanted to say that they liked some, preferred one thing to another, they would very often frame it in terms of love and hate. It was not a statement about emotion or hostility or aggression. So, for example, if a first century Jew wanted to say, I like Georgia Tech, not so much UGA, what they would say is, I love Georgia Tech, I hate UGA. Does that work for some of you? Do you wish that there was some of the emotion added into it as well? But that's how they would say it. I like chocolate ice cream, I hate vanilla. It wasn't really a statement about hostility or aggression or emotion. It was just a way of framing preference. In Matthew's gospel, the same statement of Jesus is actually reframed, sort of paraphrased as anyone who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. It's a statement about allegiance or loyalty or priorities. In other words, the first commandment, the greatest commandment is what? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is what? To love your neighbor as yourself. We love each other best when we love God first, but of course we cannot really love God if we don't love each other. They go together. We love our families best when we don't treat them as if they are God. No human being can bear the weight of that worship. We don't love our families well if we expect and demand to receive from them what we can really only receive from God. Our identity, our sense of who we are, our place in the world, our security, our safety, these are things which we really only can find in God. And as followers of Jesus, believers in Jesus, we worship God, we love God, we find these things, receive these gifts from God through discipleship to Jesus. It's just another way of saying, seek first the kingdom. Seek first life with God for the good of the world and the glory of God. Seek first the kingdom. Love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we will love our neighbors and our families and even our enemies as ourselves. Or, as Jesus puts it in this passage, the one thing we need is the cross in our backpack. That's the, that's the thing, one thing he says that we do need. If we're going to walk with him, if we're going to follow him, is we need the cross. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. In other words, 
we follow Jesus on the way of the cross. The cross is both the source and the course of our salvation. It is how we are saved and also the life for which we are saved. That means we are saved to live a life of self-giving, sacrificial, cruciform love. The cross is the source of our salvation, but also the course of our salvation. It shows us what salvation looks like. Too often we frame salvation in terms of what we're saved from. We're saved from judgment. We're saved from an eternity separated from God. But what are we saved for? The cross is the source and the course of our salvation. Carrying the cross means walking with Jesus on the way of the cross, walking with Jesus in this way of self-giving, sacrificial, cruciform love. Which, of course, means that if we have the cross in our backpack, then we are equipped, we are empowered, we are led to give ourselves in love to our families, our friends, our neighbors, strangers, and even our enemies. We are on a journey. All of us who follow Jesus are walking with Jesus, not just in Lent, but all of the time, through the world as it is, toward the world as it will be. And like Cheryl Strayed, we need to lighten our load. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and the cross in our backpack and walk with him each day, through the world as it is, toward the world as it will be. Friday is St. Patrick's Day. Most of you, maybe many of you, know that St. Patrick, although the patron saint of Ireland, was not actually Irish. He was English. You probably have heard some of his story before. He was captured by Irish raiders and taken to Ireland and enslaved for years and sent out to the fields to care for the animals. And it was really out in the fields with the sheep that he met God, had a transforming encounter with the love and grace of God. He did manage to escape and hop a boat and go back home. But it was safe back home with his family that God put a calling on his heart and his life back to Ireland, back to the place of his bondage. But now, as a servant, now as a preacher of the gospel, a preacher of Jesus. And so he left his parents behind and went back to Ireland to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus, the good news about Jesus. The kingdom of God has come near through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And he went back to share that with the people who had held him in bondage. his eyes on Jesus, the cross in his backpack, a light load, but a holy mission, walking with Jesus on the way of the cross through the world as it was, toward the world as it will be. After Albert helped Cheryl strayed, lightened her load. He asked her, so what brought you out here? He told her he had a theory that everyone hiking the PCT, undertaking that challenging hike, had something moving them, something pushing them, something calling them. They had some reason to hike. 
When Albert asked her that question the first time, she didn't want to answer it, at least not honestly. She had just met him, and so she said, I just thought it would be fun. But later, the next day, actually, after he had helped her lighten her load, she went back to him and she said, you know, I want to tell you why I'm here. I just got divorced. My mom died four years ago at the age of 45 from throat cancer. And my life really kind of went off the rails. And I just thought that if I could get out on the trail somehow by walking the PCT, I'd rediscover myself and find my center. When Jesus calls us to follow him, when Jesus calls us to walk with him, when he calls us to put him first and seek first the kingdom, when he calls us to keep our eyes fixed on him and the cross in our backpack, it might sometimes feel like death but it really is the way that leads to life. Along the way, we rediscover who it is that we really are. Along the way, we rediscover why we are here. We're here to be loved and to love. People matter. That's why we walk. And we love people best, even our families best, when our eyes are fixed not on them but on Jesus. And we walk with them on the way of the cross through the world as it is, toward the world as it will be, step by step, day after day. The progress sometimes is slow, but we keep moving because Jesus keeps leading. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. We hope that this message will help you have a great week by helping you walk in faith, hope, and love. Looking for more information about Canon? Check us out on the web at canonchurch.org or follow us on Facebook at Canon UMC and Instagram at Canon Church 2424.